Welcome to Tony Talks. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Wonderful. So I have Diana Jerry Banhan on the line here, and we met at Date with Destiny 2015 at Boca Raton. Yes. uh, (laughs) It was a big, big moment for me because that was my first date with Destiny and there was a lot of enlightening moments. But I remember specifically, Diane, when you uh, stood up in our in our group meetings, the first uh, team 10, uh, team 40 group meeting and shared about your father. That yeah. was huge uh, in terms of his death and, and what happened. And I was like, wow, this is, this is a, this group of people is, is I'm going to learn a lot here is what I thought. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I almost didn't go to the event. Be, I almost didn't go because my father was killed the year yeah. before. And I remember being in the hotel room and calling my daughter and saying, you know what? I just want to leave. I just mm. want to come back home. So I almost didn't. And, and kudos to my youngest daughter who said, no, mom. She goes, this is something you need to do for yourself. So go. You need to go. And I did. But I almost, we would not have met Alan. So I'm so happy that it worked out. <laughs> Definitely. I'm so glad that you influenced your daughter to influence you to actually go. Yes, yes. So thank you. You you created that culture within your your family is what you did. I guess, I guess. (laughs) So uh, a little bit about Diana. Uh, You're an ordained minister. You hold a bachelor degree in psychology, uh, in uh, Yes, psychology psychology and a master's degree in sociology. Mm -hmm. I see here also you practice real estate in both California and Florida. Mm -hmm. You're a licensed massage therapist (laughs) and you're licensed to be a public school teacher in the state of California. Is there anything else you don't do? Oh, my goodness. I do hear that every so often, but you know, there's, there's so much I still have to learn how to do. Uh, actually, next thing on my list is to learn hypnotherapy. That's mm-hmm. something I've always wanted to learn how to do. So, mm-hmm. okay, okay, <laughs> wonderful. Well, there's many other things that Diana has skills in, and we're gonna get into all of those and share her story um about uh of course tony robbins and how she got connected but diana why don't we start there where where was was the moment that you first got connected with tony robbins and how did he kind of change your life or your thoughts or your experiences from that yes okay yes yes of course so like many people we've all seen the infomercials late at night you know with tony robbins this guy with the big jaw and the great voice and just a great deal of enthusiasm. And so he, I'd I'd liked him from that, but where it really, really crystallized for me is I was dating uh, someone um, in the 2000 and he mentioned, we we discovered that we had a a mutual love for Tony Robbins. And he, he had asked me, he said, well, have you read any of his books? And at the time I hadn't. So he told me, he said, well, two books were amazing. He said, unleash the power within, not, I'm sorry, unlimited power and um, awaken the giant. So he, and, and he mentioned how 
unlimited power just changed his life. It changed how he ate. It changed how he thought. And it was very cute because he said, I'm so excited for you that you're about to go on this journey and, and read this book because wow. it's just it it's life changing. So I said, okay. So I did, I got the book and I started to read it and it just, it blew me away. It was incredible. I wished I had read the, I had found it sooner. Um, I don't know why it had taken me that long. And um, it just, I started thinking differently. Uh, think, And I was always a very positive person. But Tony just gives you that extra something that makes you just want to step things up and just move, move yourself up even further. So, so that's, that's how I got introduced to Tony. Wow. And in that um, book, mm -hmm. uh, you, you shared with me an experience that you had that kind of changed your whole mindset and thinking about how to experience things and something while you were married you had yes mentioned. yes so okay so I did not marry that the young man who gave me that book <laughs> I, maybe I should have um but anyway so um a couple of years later I got married and at the time I remember so my husband he had an ex-girlfriend who he was still in contact with and your listeners out there could probably relate to this, but it was really, it was upsetting and I just couldn't shake it and he wouldn't stop doing it. Um, so it got to the point where I, I was just thinking of this woman constantly. I mean, every day I thought about her and it just started to overtake my mind and my thoughts. And I realized that I had to do something about it mm -hmm. because it was out of control. So I had a good talk with myself. And then I remembered that in the book, Unlimited Power, there was a section on NLP, which is neurolinguistic programming. And I remember when I had read the book, I, you know, I, I kind of skimmed over the chapter. I thought, oh, okay, this is interesting. This is good. But for some reason, my brain said, go back, go back to that specific chapter in the book and do the exercise. So it's exactly what I did. And for your listeners, you know, who may not be familiar with neurolinguistic programming, it's basically, it's a technique that teaches you very quickly how to just take a thought and, and get rid of it, how to, and, and literally. So imagine that I, all I'm doing is, is constantly obsessing over this woman who's an ex and I can't shake it. So really briefly, the technique teaches you to just blow the thing up in your mind as big as possible. Just make it huge. Make it fill in the room. So if it's something that scares you, like you make it huge. Yes. And it just scares the bejesus out of you, you know, whether it's a person or whether it's like, you know, a fear of spiders or snakes or something like that. So you make it really, really, really big. Okay. And it just floods everything and you just you have to face it you can't like shy away from it and once you do that you have to sit with that for for a moment and then you start shrinking it down and you shrink it and you shrink it and you shrink it and you shrink it and shrink it so that it's just like a like a point like a, a speck on like in the room or on a piece of paper and then you just make it disappear <laughs> and that exercise was so powerful I kid you not, never again did I obsess over that woman. The angst, the emotion that used to go with it completely left me mm. and mm -hmm. forever changed my, my life. 
it, it, it really is amazing how um, we, we tend to forget that we have the power to do both. Because as you were talking and thinking about this X, of course, you were blowing it up, right? You were making it yeah. bigger oh, yes. all the time, every day, mm -hmm. obsessing about it. But the opposite is true as well, where you have the ability to shrink it and make it small and tiny and all, make it disappear at one point, right? Absolutely. And, and we don't realize we have that power at times. And uh, it was obviously really amazing to, to, for you to be able to do that. No, and one of the things Tony teaches us, and one of his mantras, what you focus on grows. Mm -hmm. And I kept focusing on it, which is what made it grow and grow and grow. And then like you just said, you know, when you take your focus off of it, <laughs> it magically, um, things can just disappear. That's true. Yeah, wherever focus goes, energy, energy flows. Energy flows, yes. 100%. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, you also then, uh, of course, didn't just read the book, but you started, uh, we met at Date with Destiny, but that wasn't your first seminar or, uh, you know, experience mm. with Tony live. Why don't no. you share with us your first live experience with Tony? Mm. And you were there much earlier than me. I, yes, yes, Alan, I was. So in 2009, I actually, so at my workplace at the time, I used to work for DeVry University. I was the director of admissions and mm. um, a, a Tony person came in and they gave a, they gave a talk to to several of the employees. And um, one of my employees she signed up right away and I thought, wow, that's really interesting that she just, you know, she heard this. She's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I, I was one of the, those people who thought, well, let me think about it. And when I saw that just her courage and she just went for it, I thought, you know what? I'm going to as well. So I did. So mm -hmm. I signed up and together she and I, we went to uh, unleash the power within in Los Angeles. And that, like I said, was in 2009 and it was in the middle. There was a moment at, I, I don't know if it was, I think it was day one. Yes, it was the first day mm -hmm. that Tony makes an announcement. And he said, he made the announcement and said, okay, there is somebody here in our audience. And I need you guys to um, pretty much like just make a pact with me that you're going to be respectful. And whatever it was he said. And you know, I didn't think anything of it, didn't consider who, who it might be or whatnot. You know, we were just having such an amazing time being live with Tony Robin. And then all of a sudden, um, after that had all done and he had said who it was, et cetera, there's a moment where it's as if time stood still and then everything faded into the background with the exception of Tony Robbins, who was standing on stage front and center. And then when I looked to the right of me, several rows over was Oprah Winfrey. Hmm. And I had the realization in that moment holy crap and I said holy shit but I'm sorry if I can say that on your podcast yes but you can <laughs> there my dream board my vision board had just come to life because on my vision board that I created about three years prior from having read the secret I made this vision board and Tony Robbins was going to one of his seminars was a dream that I had and I thought it was out of my reach. I thought it was a lot of money. It was too much money and I wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't have the time and yada, yada. So I just created the vision board around it and I put him at the top in front and center. And I love Oprah Winfrey. She is one of, I have maybe about 
less than five, maybe about three living heroes. And Oprah is one of those. And Tony is another because of how these people live their lives and how huge their hearts are. So Oprah was also on my dream board. And would you believe that I happened to attend the UPW that Oprah Winfrey also attended for the first time in her life? Yes. And that, that was, that was mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, another, another uh, lesson and learning just to, to create it in your mind mm-hmm. first and, and make the invisible then visible. Is Absolutely. What... Yes. Yes. We move things from the world of the unseen to the world of the scene and everything that's created, like whether, you know, it's a, it's a desk or a chair or even a key or carpet or you name it, a dress, anything, a car. It's those, everything first began as a thought in someone's mind. It was a, a it was a creation of thoughts and then it, and it was invisible. It was just in their head. And then now these things have been created. They're, they're now in the world of the scene. They're now visible. So everything truly begins as thoughts in our head. And, and Tony says that. You know, and you can change your mind about anything and you can create anything. And I, I firmly believe it. Like I have lived it. I've lived it through the medium of Tony. Absolutely. And as we look around ourselves and I'm talking to the listeners here, as we look around our room mm-hmm. and our office space and our car, you think about it, every piece of of item that you're looking at was once created in the mind of somebody. Yes. So let's not forget that you all have that power and we are really amazing creatures. And the only creatures really on this rock that's floating through space Mm -hmm. (laughs) that has this ability to be able to think and see and create before it actually becomes reality is what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And it's interesting because one, um, I, had a, I had one of my guests, I, so I, for many years I worked as a concierge uh, for a very nice hotel in Long Beach. And I had one of my guests come in one day and I loved talking to the, the thousands of people who, you know, who came through the front doors. And he said to me, he said, everything is a business. And when you, as you're telling your listeners, you look around and you see your desk, you see the chair, you see your clothes, everything is a business. This is something that someone makes and they sell. (laughs) So all that creation also can turn in, it turns into income. It feeds families. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. It's something that I love um, because, uh, I shared with you, of course, that, you know, I've worked, I'm doing mentoring with youth uh, in Las Vegas with um, with the, the school system there. And this is one of the most powerful tools that we try to share with them is the uh, the ability that they have to be able to create, because a lot of times the the lim- limiting beliefs are within us everywhere, all the way up to even my mother, who's in, in her 70s now, right? She mm-hmm. still has limited, uh, limiting beliefs. And, and we forget that the power that we do have and the control that we do have within our own lives. Not that means that it comes to us instantaneously, mm-hmm. that everything takes time and it takes the effort and work to put into it. However, 
if you're willing to create that, if you're willing to put in the work and the time and the effort and put the energy, that focus into it, right? That's when that creation becomes reality. No, and I love the work that, that you shared with me prior that uh, you have a passion for educating youth and for bringing these, these ideas, these thoughts, these way, this way of thinking from Tony into schools so that young people at a young age can get in touch with that creative power, can really know that they, they can create anything. They're powerful beyond measure, as Marianne Williamson says, you know, and we are creators. We literally are creators. We can, we create the lives we have and we can create joy. We can create sadness, but, but the power is in our hands and kudos to you for, for wanting to do this for youth. Um, it's something that's very dear to my heart as well, Alan. Well, being as a licensed school teacher, I can see that <laughs> very clear. And I, I, you know, one day I hope that maybe our paths cross in some way that we can do this together in some way, shape or form. That would be awesome. I would love that. I would love mm -hmm. that. So in 2015, we didn't yes. know each other at the time, but we're actually at the same UPW in LA. Yes. But you had another story to share about that and um, the six human needs. So I'd, yes, I'd, I'd, yes. I'd love to share that story with the listeners as well. Yes, no, thank you. Well, I want to backtrack a second. So when I sure. first went to my first UPW, mm. so you meet great people. And yes. that's, that's the thing, you know, where you sit, it's, it's, it's incredible who you meet. And it's, Tony talks about proximity is power. It's who you sit next to and the relationships you, you build and grow. And I remember asking people about their experiences and there were people there who, who were there for the fifth time. And at the time I, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. I'm like, wait a minute, you didn't get this the first time? Like, why are you here? <laughs> I was thinking, you know, like, why are you here Are you slow times? or dyslexic or yes, what's going yes, on with I, you, I'm right? Dyslexic. I'm dyslexic, but I'm in good company because so is Richard Branson. Yes. So, um, so anyway, so I remember thinking that odd, but it's a thought I, I kept to myself. And so in 2015, right, the first time I went was 2009, and then I went again in 2015. And this time I'd actually taken my one of my sisters and my nephew and my youngest daughter. It was her second time as well. And um, so, and I, now I realize why people go more than once and they go several times because it's, so there's so much information that Tony shares. It's not possible to absorb all of it your first time around. And it's kind of like reading a book. If you read the same book at, at a different stage in your life, you, you different things are going to resonate with you. Different 100%. parts of it are going to, yeah, are going to stand out. And this happened with me with respect to the six human needs. So as you know, as you well know, you know, Tony talks about the six human needs. And for the most part, especially when we're in our like 20s, 30s, 40s, we're all about um, having certainty and significance in our life. You know, those, those were my top two needs at the time back in 2009. And Tony was talking in, in 2015 that for the longest time, those were his top two needs. It's like, you know, I need certainty in my life and I need to create significance, you know? And a lot of that though is very me centered and me oriented. And in 2000, so in my second UPW, it really hit home and it really, really sank in when Tony talked about how he flipped his six human needs and his first human need 
now be distribution. And his second need was love and connection. And he said in the past, those were at the bottom of his list. And Tony explained, he said when he finally got it, it was all the years of experience that finally taught him that when you make contribution your first priority, and when you lead with contribution, when you lead from a, from a servant mindset, where it's where your life is about service to others, it's truly about giving back. When you start from that place, that truly everything else in your life flows. And it really flows beautifully. It flows magically. You know, Zig Ziglar, one of my favorite people, and he has incredible quotes, but one of the things he says is, when you help other people get what they want in life, you, you end up getting what you want. Yes. And it just flows. And that's, that's the lesson that I finally got. That, that was an aha moment when Tony really shared from his heart and soul about contribution is now his number one human need. Yes. And um, as he, as Tony shares, growth and contribution are of the spiritual needs. Those are the ones that we all strive to have or, or yes. attain mm-hmm. and, um, and lead from. And that's, those are the ones that are life fulfilling is what yes. they are. Exactly. Right? And, and if we can teach that to the kids in school to actually start, start with the end in mind, you know, how can I contribute? do that first lead with that and and then you will find work that's meaningful and then your work wouldn't be wouldn't be work you know you wouldn't work for another day in your life because what you what you're doing would just be would bring you such joy that that you your life your life would you would live in a beautiful state always yes yes Mm -hmm. and for those listening i know that it's it's not easy it's not something that is um that you can just pick up and do uh, and and change your life 180 degrees. Lots of you might have jobs or a lot of you might be doing, you know, you might be a parent with many uh, responsibilities. Um, and, and that's a source of com- uh, contribution as well. I had a difficult time with this as well because I had thought about um, giving back to youth. And it, it was actually in 2015 uh, at that date with Destiny when um one of our senior leaders i can't joe one of the joes we had yes. two joes <laughs> <laughs> yes we did and one of the joes had shared about the global youth leadership summit and how that uh you know 14 to 7 16 year olds or 13 to 16 year olds were were learning this information and you know me and Sharon being in our you know early to mid 30s at the time we weren't, we weren't exactly the you know average age many of the people in the group are are much older than us yes. for the most part and and for us to be in that group we feel already fortunate um, to have found this information at a younger age than mm-hmm. a lot of other people have necessarily mm-hmm. but for me to hear that 13 to 17 year olds were were getting this information my mind was completely blown I mean I donated instantly to oh, it number yes. one yes. and then number two was the fact that uh, I was like I was like, this, this is amazing. This is definitely what needs to happen. Like, I didn't know how it was going to happen necessarily. I just knew that this needs to happen. And I struggled for a number of years, actually thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to start this uh, organization? How am I going to give back? And it was kind of all in my head. 
Mm-hmm. And um, to everybody listening and <clears throat> thinking about this contribution piece and giving back, just start small. Yes. Just give back just a little bit of your time or whatever it is. Give back something that you're abundant in. If you have lots of money, give your money. If you mm-hmm. have some time, give back your time. If you have a skill that you have or you're capable of and sharing with somebody else, do that. But it just starts with a little bit. And that, that little bit will continue to grow. It will just continue to grow as you put more energy into it. So that's the advice I would give to others in terms of this contribution piece. Just start really, really small. Tiny. It just can be really, really small to begin with. And that's such a great suggestion, Alan. I agree with you. For example, like when I think of my mom, like she knows how to sew. And so if she were to even teach, you know, a young person how to sew, like what a great contribution Mm -hmm. so no matter like you said if you have a skill share it you know if you're a carpenter for example you're a woodworker um that's something i'm sure a young person would love to learn how to do but start small and i recently read an article where this there i this man he's an he's a government employee but he loves to cook so he cooks on the weekend and he actually has like a little stand and he sells the food and he's amazing at it and people line up, right? They line up for like a block to eat his food. And he's been, and they've told him, oh, you should quit your job, your day job and do this. But he said, he goes, you know, just because you, you're you good at something else and you love it, you don't have to quit your day job, people, you know? So this man is contributing because he loves cooking and he wants to share that and, and, and share the food. But he said, don't worry about quitting your day job. Don't feel guilty because if if you have families to feed, then that's how you're contributing, mm-hmm. right? Your contribution, you're, you're contributing to your family and that's huge. And you can wait until it's possible in another way at another time. Like you said, it took you a few years before now you can, you can contribute yourself and your time to, the, to this youth, to the youth leadership. So just a reminder to the listeners out there, you know, if you're not contributing in a big way, like Alan said, start small. Uh, you don't have to quit your day job. And, and you can do it. And eventually you can grow it as big as, as you want to. It'll happen. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I know you love books so much and you oh read God, yes. so much. <laughs> and uh, something not, you know, not too small necessarily, but a blog that you have um, stuck on books. Uh, share with us a little bit about that. Yes, yes. So that came out of, um, again, that same, that 2015, the Date with Destiny program. One of the things I signed up for was to get a coach, a Tony Robbins coach for for one year. And I highly recommend getting a coach, even if you, you don't have to do it for a year, you can do it for maybe six months or even shorter. It is so worth it. I have to say that I had kind of selfish reasons for doing it initially because Mm. um, I actually wanted to start my own coaching business. And I thought, well, what's the best way to do it? Actually get a coach, understand the process, how it's done, and and then do it myself. And I did actually briefly start it. um, But then I I ended up leaving it because, again, it's it's a business. It's a startup and you have to get clientele and it's a process and it does take some time. But Mm -hmm. I do. I love I love coaching. Um, I highly recommend it. So one of the goals that my coach and I we had set was I'd always wanted to do a blog. I get so much out of books. Oh, my Lord. Um, Books, without books, um, the world would be a horrible, horrible place. (laughs) (laughs) You know? 
And um, I get because I get so much from books, I wanted to do a blog because everybody was blogging and I thought this is something cool. Yes. So one of one of the goals I set with with my coach was to start a blog. And I called it stuck on books because I've just always that's always stuck in my head. Um, so it's stuck on books.com and Soon at that date, de- date with destiny. So my father had been killed in 2014, and it was really, really traumatic. Um, mm. In fact, he was murdered um, in my home country of Trinidad. And I didn't want to do anything. Like for a year, I think I just cried, and and I I wanted to do nothing. And I had I happened to read a book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote E Pray Love. And the book is just this incredible story about your creativity and how to be creative again. And after reading it, I became so infused with with this magic that I got from the book and just how important writing is and how important telling our story is, because it really is about telling our stories. Everyone has a story to tell. And everyone has something to teach us. Um, so my first blog is about this this book, Big Magic. Um, and I, I blogged on, on several different books. I haven't blogged in a while. Um, so I, I'm a little uh, bummed about that. But I do intend to, to get back to it because I just finished reading three books this last month, which were so incredibly powerful. They're very, very powerful. And, and I, I really want to share about it. So thanks mm. for asking. Yes. And one thing I uh, always like to share uh, about books is I always, you know, I do a lot of audio books, you know, it's, yes, it's me great too. Be- yes. because the fact that you can do two things, Tony mm-hmm. calls it net time, of course, no extra time, right? Where <laughs> you can, you know, cook while listening or drive while yes. listening and that sort of thing, which is great. Yes. Um, and a lot of people do the podcast and this is, it's a great medium. I'm We're using it right now to share as well is what mm-hmm. it is. The one thing I will say about books, books versus podcasts, and not to say there isn't great information on podcasts, uh, for example, like Tim Ferriss, he deconstructs things extremely well, and there's oh, a tremendous amount I get, of I get information. I some great book recommendations from him, too. Yes, yeah, from absolutely. Five Bullet Friday emails, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one thing I do share about books, like audiobooks specifically versus podcasts, is the fact that I find that books are much more concentrated information. I find that the books are, these authors have spent much more time in creating this information and sharing this information as opposed to a podcast. You know, mm-hmm. podcasts are, are great. They're, they're entertaining at times as well. But books are a lot of times they're so powerful in the information because it's usually someone's life work is what it is, is what I find. It is. And, mm-hmm. and, and their, their aha moments are, are every, everybody can learn from them is what I generally find. So because of that, that's the one thing that I want to share with people through, especially through this podcast, is the fact that, hey, if you're listening to just podcasts, give audiobooks a try, because I think that you might find that the, the information in there might be more powerful than you actually know. So just just a little food for thought. Thanks for saying that, Alan. I know I've turned so many people onto audible.com and I've said, you know, I, I should work for them because they 
it really it changed my life in this way. When you when you sit and read a physical excuse me, a physical book. And don't get me wrong. I love my, my physical books. I, I have book bookshelves and I love my books and I wouldn't give them up because there nothing can replace just sitting and curling up in a chair with a blanket, you know, and a, and a cup of hot chocolate and, and reading a good book. But I'm able to get through so much more information now because of the audible books. I can just, like you said, I can listen and do my laundry. I can listen and organize the closet. I can listen while I go on long drives. I was living in Mount Shasta for three years, and it's it's a 10-hour ride from Mount Shasta down to Los Angeles. And I would, I'd read a whole book. I'd listen to a whole book. So it's wonderful. And what you said about getting really... Like it's, it's an author's work. It's their life's work. Sometimes it's years that, that it took them to compile this book and write it. So when you, when you listen to an entire book versus a podcast, you really go on a journey and you get very intimate with the author. My favorite audible books to listen to are when authors, the person who wrote the book, where they actually read it. Read it, yes. Because <laughs> it's yes. like having a conversation with them, you know, it's really, really cool. But I do have to say every once in a while, they're authors and they really don't have good speaking voices. (laughs) So sometimes it's better when there's a professional reader who reads it. Um, But definitely. And I don't know if you've noticed, Alan, right now there's a trend. And it's it's funny. It's an idea that I had and I, I didn't act on it. So the universe just ran with it with other people. People are doing synopsis. They're doing summaries of books. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. Where, where they're giving you the highlights. And I think it's it's a great idea. However, I think there are some books that you you really need to read the whole thing, you know, from beginning to end. You really have to go on a journey with the person. But um, but the summaries are great, too, because I think a really great summary should whet your appetite so that you want to get the book. That's exactly what I was going to say. That was exactly, I mean, it's no different than what Tony does, right? It started with an infomercial, yes. then it went to UPW, and then it goes into Date with mm-hmm. Destiny, and then it becomes you coming back for money, many, 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 many more. <laughs> is what it yes, is. yes. So um, yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, for example, um, I have a friend who uh, shared a book with me, and I didn't have time to read it or listen to it or anything yeah. yet. But on my flight to me, I, I was like, I need to know something about this book because I want to share. I want to connect yes. with this person. And I got a little summary of it. And I and I thought, wow, amazing. You know, I already got some highlights of what it was. <laughs> and I could speak to it with that person. Yes. And then they got to expand on what it is that they got knowledge of. Oh. And then as I hear them, I'm like, oh, interesting, Maybe I got to read this part of this book or maybe I got to read the whole book now is what I need to do. So you're absolutely right. It whets the appetite or it helps you connect with people that you might want to connect with that have that information. Right. And you can decide maybe it's not the book for you and maybe the highlights were all you needed. Correct. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So tell me um, a bit about what you're doing now and what's your mission and what your uh, what what your purpose is because I think that there's something more to just your story and how you connected to Tony and what your your real purpose is here <laughs> okay yes let's figure out my purpose uh, we don't have no no you already figured it out I think <laughs> it's that we need to share it is what we need to do yes, here. yes okay well you know and it's funny I, I recently changed updated my LinkedIn summary 
And mm. one of the things I, I say in the beginning is I know with certainty that my purpose is to be of service to humanity. Without a doubt. Um, that's just, that's beautiful. That's, that's just beautiful. I just want to honor you for that. That's really beautiful to, to even because LinkedIn is not a place where you share that type of information typically. So, but it's, because, uh, but it's who I am and I realize yeah. that it, it really is. And so I put it out there so that people know this is, this is who I am. I'm not shying away from it. And I want to bring to light one thing from you doing that. Somebody shared something else with me because I, I've been in sales a lot. I know what sales is. I've heard all the sales pitches and these sorts of things. And yeah. when I talk about um, my youth course, at times I, I, I feel like I, I'm almost like trying to sell it a little bit. Yeah. But one of, uh, one of the people that I spoke to, he said, you know, instead of just uh, instead of trying to sell it, why don't you just tell people what your purpose is huh and you don't need to sell anything alan and i'm thinking my god that is exactly what i need to do so i love it because what you shared is exactly what he said in my opinion oh okay well thank you thank you for that mm -hmm. so recently um my i was visiting family in florida and so and this, this will lead into kind of my purpose. I, I promise I'll, yes. I'll, I'll get to the point. Um, so I recently created uh, an, a service um, called the grief angel mm -hmm. and how that came about. Um, and it ties everything that everything that I've ever done, I feel and all my education, et cetera. And it, and it just brings it, it weaves everything together very nicely and ties it in a book. So I was visiting family in Florida, um, and I saw on Facebook that a co-worker, a previous co-worker, I used to work for JetBlue Airlines and in Tampa, Florida, and I met so many wonderful people. So I saw on Facebook, someone posted that a good friend of mine, that her husband passed away, and he actually passed away the day that I flew to Florida. And this friend and her husband lived in Florida. So I thought, oh my goodness, well, first of all, you know how awful but I thought, okay, I definitely need to make time. That, that, and I learned later that her daughter had, had done the post for her. Um, that she, they were originally from New York, like most, a lot of Floridians, my family as well. And they were going to have two, two services. They were going to have one in Florida and one in New York. Well, with my dyslexia, I confused the funeral times. And I thought I was going to the one in Florida, but I, I got the dates and times mixed up. So what ha ended up happening is I, I missed it completely. And when I went to look to get ready to go, I realized that I, I had missed the service and I was really upset. And, and, th and this, this goes to, I know one of the things you believe in as I do is everything happens for a reason. Um, and it's funny because one of my daughters learned in an AA program that there's a saying that um, man's rejection is God's protection. So like, I felt like, wait a minute, I got rejected from this funeral. This didn't happen, you know? So, so okay. You know, I, I let it be. I felt badly. So I had reached out to my friend on Facebook and I said, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, you know, that I missed this, but I definitely want to connect with you. Well, as it turned out, I happened to be in, I was going to be in Florida three months later. 
So in three months, I was back in Florida and I had I had gotten in touch with her via email and we made arrangements for me to, to see her and meet with her and to have dinner. So and we were actually going to go out to eat. What it turned out to be is I actually ended up going to visit her at her home and I spent several hours with her and I'm so glad I did. And what I realized, Alan, is I was never supposed to attend that funeral with all the other workmates from the airlines because that would have turned into something. It would have turned into a reunion, first of all. And that would have been something for me. And what was supposed to happen is this meeting with my friend, my beautiful friend, Paula, was this was supposed to be for her. And this was supposed to be something bigger. So when I went to meet Paula in her new, her new space, she and her husband had recently sold their five-bedroom, three-bath, beautiful home. And they downsized. And one of the things she said to me was, thank God we did. Because had she, if, she, if her husband had, had died while she was still living in that big house, and she had to deal with selling that home and moving and all the things that came with it, she said she would have been lost. She would have been lost and, and, and might not have been able to just, would have sunk into a deep depression. So as Paula was showing me her beautiful new space, I noticed one of the bedrooms on the bed, it was filled with papers and just all of this paperwork, all of these files, all of this stuff. And she was sharing with me how she had become overwhelmed because her husband, her husband, Joe, was the one who always took care of all of that. He handled the paperwork, you know, he dealt with the insurance, he dealt with their finances and it wasn't something she had to worry about. Alan, I'm getting some feedback. I don't know if you are. Oh, um, I just changed the room. There was a bit of uh, noise, but can you still hear okay? Yes, yes, I can hear you okay. okay. So, um, so anyway, so as we're sitting and we're talking and she's sharing, you know, how it was all of a sudden and how lost she felt and upset and her, her children are grown and they're gone. So she's alone in this new house. You know, all of a sudden this idea came to me and I really feel that, that sometimes we, we get ideas that, that they're just, they're divinely given to us. And, and this one, I, I feel, I feel that about it. All of a sudden I, I turned to my friend and I said, you know, Paula, what if, what if I were to create a service where something like this, your husband suddenly passed away and where I would come in and for, let's say, maybe about a month, for 30 days, I come in and I'm with you. I stay with you in your home and I, I hold your hand and I help you and guide you. I help you navigate the, the legal processes that you now have to deal with, make the phone calls to the insurance companies, even accompany you, whether you have to go see an attorney um, whether to call call the phone company and, and cancel his his cell phone. I mean, these tasks that, that people don't think about and they really add up. And if you hadn't done the, the, the funeral service, you know, go with you, go with you to the to the funeral home and accompany you so that you're not overwhelmed and you're not taken advantage of as to what to get and what to do and then minister to you personally and you know one of, one of my credentials is I am an ordained minister it's non-denominational I consider myself a spiritual person 
you know, having this human experience. Um, so not, I, I was raised in a couple of different faiths. I was raised in Christianity and Hinduism, but I embraced Buddhism. I, I, at one point I was married to someone who was Muslim. So I've embraced that faith. Um, I, my best friend was Jewish. So I've been to synagogues, I've been to temples. So, and what I found in all of the different religions that there's a common thread and it's one of love. It's one of love and service to each other. So that's, that's what I follow and embrace. So, so when I minister to a person, it's embracing all of that. It's bringing all of that together and just really sharing. And it's incorporating my coaching ability, my abilities as a teacher, and to really listen to what someone wants and someone needs and just being there. You know, the tagline for the grief angel is, is holding space for grace. Because it, it is literally to hold space for another person. And it's something that's a lost art. And I and as a massage therapist, as a masseuse, learned the value of touch. It's so powerful to simply just to put your hand on another person, to put their your hand on their shoulder. Um, I, I work with energy and I, I can re, I remove I remove energies from people. Um, and they, they leave feeling so much lighter, but I also physically massage them, you know, and, 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 um, I can do deep tissue. I do, I do a Swedish massage as well so that they just feel really good and they're relaxed and they just, they, they, they spring, <laughs> they, they spring away when, when they go. So, um, incorporating massage therapy and just touch, there's another modality that I learned through something called access consciousness and it's tapping. I don't know if you've heard about tapping and the, ta yeah, the tapping revolution. Well, I'm also certified in, in tapping and, and that's another healing modality. So physically I'm able to physically help heal a person in India. I was also ordained as a healer. I do mm. that. And I also incorporate um, principles of feng shui um, in it because I understand how energy works in a home and removing things or adding certain elements allows the energy or the chi to flow in a person's space. And that matters. You know, when you're you have trauma and you you someone has died and, and you're you're upset and you have overwhelm, having your space be healthy also fosters your healing. And it, it has that happen in its, in its right time and space. So all of those modalities I bring together, having lived in this world and having worked in so many different industries, banking, hotels, airlines, um, you know, just to name a few, I incorporate the knowledge of that and bring it together so I can speak from experience when I, when I work with, with my client, for example, who has to navigate all of this, whether it's an attorney, whether it's a, a, a tax person, et cetera, but as well as really ministering to them and to their soul and to their being. Because in my heart and my soul, I'm, I, I'm a healer. You know, I'm here to, to truly just minister to them. So that's, that's my latest project. And, and I feel I want to credit Tony for this happening as well, because it's from... It's from being in the environment. And I have to say, Tony Robbins, as a person, when it comes to heart, Alan, I don't know if you realize mm. this, but this man, his heart is as wide and as deep as the ocean. Yes. And to just watch him. So Tony, as some people may know, he was married before, right? And That's he was right. married for mm -hmm. many years. And then eventually 
he they they grew apart and and the path he was going on was not the same path as his wife and and that's, that's right. not wrong you know things happen <laughs> like things change and people grow and now the wife that he has so i used to secretly have a crush on tony <laughs> and one of the reasons he was on my dream board was i had hoped that i would marry him but i have to, <laughs> I, I have to say i have fallen in love with both tony and his wife sage Sage. Yes. yes, they're such a beautiful couple. And Sage is a healer. Yes. He's a fellow healer, as is Tony Robbins, you know? Yes. And years ago, to say that he was a healer, that was too woo-woo. And, and nobody, people wouldn't really relate to that. And they would run away, you know? You, you couldn't sell tickets, I guess, when you said <laughs> things like that. But now it's yeah. much more accepted. People are open. You have people like Brene Brown you know, who talks about being vulnerable and living in vulnerability, who is, you know, yes. a respected professor and, a, and right. a psychologist. So now it's in vogue. It's fashionable. It's okay to say that, that we are healers and we're here to be in service for humanity. That's, that's true. That's true. And having a service like the grief angel, which is now I, I just fully embrace. I embrace this because this allows me to be of service and it, and it allows me to bring all of my gifts together and for so many years, I don't know, like you, but for your listeners who have had many interests and changed jobs several times and have friends and family like almost lose patience with them and go, why can't you just pick something and stick with it? Yes. Well, the thing is, we're not we weren't supposed to because we're supposed to get knowledge from all these different places for a reason, for a purpose. And I know now that that was mine. That was my reason to have, you know, worked in hotels for a while. And then, like I said, worked in banking for a while and then worked for the airlines for a while and then work in education for a while, Yeah, you know, and, and what, and things that aren't, you know, for at one point I worked for, I was, a um, I worked for a travel company and we took Americans to Europe. We took them to Russia, we took them to Eastern Europe. So I, I have that experience, you know? Right. So, and, and like I said, it, it's all come together so that now as a grief angel, I can step in and truly use that wealth of experience as well as my deep spirituality and put all of those things in service of the person in front of me. It's so beautiful. Uh, it's so right. Everything happens for a reason. And for you to have gone through those experiences, it brings so much resourcefulness for people in such a vulnerable moment in time for them. You know, having lost your father in such a way that you did, um, and then having the experiences that you have. And I think, uh, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but I think a lot of listeners can hear from your voice as to where you're coming from and what the reasons why you're doing this. And it's not something that a lot of people have experience in. And you coming from so many different industries with real estate and, and uh, the legal aspects of that as well. A lot of people are just completely overwhelmed with the whole experience when, when that occurs. Right. So mm -hmm. um, I think it's, it's something beautiful that you have. I will be adding all of this onto the show notes as well. The website, you can check out some of the testimonials. They're absolutely beautiful uh, that are on the website there. 
And anybody going through something right now, please just reach out. Do not hesitate and reach out and just, you know, have a conversation with Diana and, and find out, you know, what can she do for you? Because there's a lot that we can all share in this experience. And my whole purpose was to be able to share people's stories. And, and this is the reason why we're here. So, yes, thank you. And the, oh, yes. And the other thing is, yes, I'm willing to fly anywhere in the U.S., to for for that person and it incorporates my my love of travel as well and having worked for the airline I've been to many different states I've lived in a few different states so I'm comfortable as well navigating in other places I'm I I'm an Aquarian so I'm perfectly at home in any environment you plop me down anywhere in this world and I can make myself at home so I adapt very quickly and very easily to to new environments and I find that that's that's really useful as well in something like this and, Absolutely. And from my research, Alan, as far as I know, no one is, is no one is providing this service. I've never heard of this. No. I've never heard of this up until, you know, you shared it with me. I've never heard of this. I, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't even think about this, but going through just uh, thinking about what that process might be, because I used to do life insurance as well. So oh. I know mm-hmm. kind of some details as to what someone would have to go through in terms of losing a loved one, right? Mm-hmm. So um, because of that, uh, you know, you explaining what you do or what your business is and what you're going into and how you're going to help people and deliver for them. I can see this being absolutely something that a lot of people can see a lot of value in. Thank you. And as you can see, for example, like we were saying, when someone passes, when a loved one passes away, you're overwhelmed. You know, the yes. person and, and, and the typical person would be an older person uh, who mm-hmm. loses a spouse and all of a sudden they're in a big house and it's like, oh, my God how do I sell it? I need to get this sold. You know, how do I even begin the process? And, and when you think about it, it's several different people you have to deal with. It's like, Oh my God, now I have to get a realtor. Okay. Now I have to get a lawyer. Now I have to get this one. And what I do is because of the knowledge of all of it, I, I am one person who then can, can, can be the one to get in touch with all of those people on your behalf. So you don't have to worry about, Oh, can I trust that person can I trust this one can I trust the other one and it's truly being an advocate I really for for me this this doing being a grief angel is being the sole advocate like the sole protector almost like I think of the the archangel Michael you know with his sword standing there and just being protective yes of that person Mm -hmm. so that they're not harmed by anyone so that basically I am like I'm the guard, you know, that, yes. that these people have to come through in order to like work with my client or to, to, to give them service. So that's right. And it, and it's that's really, right. uh, and I shared with you before that it's, there's a, there's a place in my heart for three, three types of human beings. One is children because they don't really have advocates. The yes. other is, is older people. You know, older people who because I feel that they get taken advantage of and that hurts my heart because I have parents, you know, who are older and aunts and uncles. And then the third is pregnant ladies (laughs) because of their vulnerability. And I having I'm a mother of three girls, you know, I know what it, it feels to be vulnerable. So there's just a way that I feel when it comes to people who are vulnerable. And I feel that I was put here on earth to protect them. 
<laughs> mm. Mm. Beautiful. Beautifully said. Thank you. Beautiful mission. Thanks. I love your purpose. Thank you. Um, and as I shared uh, with the listeners, I'll be putting all of this into the show notes. Uh, we'll have the website up of both of uh, the the blog and as well. Yeah, they're, and they're really the easy angel. names. It's the grief. It's the griefangel.com and it's stuckonbooks.com. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Very simple. Very easy. Great websites as well. And great testimonials on there. And just, you know, anything that you think that might be connective to this, feel free. Just reach out is what it is. And, um, you know, you never know where this might lead is what it is. Yes. And okay. And can I just say one last thing? So you sure, and I are sure. both going to be crewing. We're both going to be working the, That's the right. Unleash the Power Within events, which is um, in two days. Just in two days. <laughs> I know. Yes. And for your listeners who have thought about going and just, you know, just for whatever reason, haven't just do it. Because one of the things I tell people, this man, Tony Robbins, he truly, he is special. He is one of a kind. And I know everybody is. Each of us is. Each of us has our own gifts. We really do. There's nobody else on the planet like us. But this man, his light shines so brightly. And he's not always going to be here. You know, like all of us, we will one day leave, leave the planet. And we yeah. don't know when that's going to be. And right, right now he's accessible. Right now it's possible. You can buy a ticket and go see this man. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get coached by him unless you're on the waiting list. And it's a, it's a million dollars, right? The fee. Something crazy. Right. Yes. So at the moment, that's not accessible for some of you listeners. That, that, that may be possible. That might be. Yeah. But, but for the majority, it's not. So if you make the time, do it. You will not regret it. I promise you. And by the way, it, the event is sold out. I know, Alan. However, I actually do have, um, I have a connection. Okay. <laughs> and and I, I have someone who has a handful of tickets, a VIP, at okay. an incredible price. I Wonderful. mean, incredible. So if your listeners are interested, please um, have them get in touch with you or, you know, or get in touch with me. You figure out how you want, how you want to make that happen. And I will get them in touch with my contact so they can still go. Okay. Absolutely. If anybody still wants to go, please reach out to me and I will definitely get you in contact with Diana and we'll make sure that you get to the event. Absolutely. One of the things I like to share here with that, Diana's absolutely correct. Go if you can. And here's the thing. Tony Robbins does not need to do what he's doing in two days. Mm -hmm. If he wanted to, he could stop it right now. Mm -hmm. And that is the truth because he is worth way more than he needs to be doing any work for. This is his mission. This is his purpose. He is all about giving. And that's the reason why you know that this man is coming from his heart because it's not about the money. If it were, you know, he could have, he could quit right now is what he could do. And, you know, you reminded me of something. That's the other thing that touched me the last time I saw Tony. His mission, his single mission is to end suffering wherever he sees it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he is living that mission. And for that, that's, that's the reason this man is my hero. Mm-hmm. 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 I, I'm blessed. I'm grateful to have uh, been introduced to him and his community. I mean, I wouldn't be on this call otherwise. We wouldn't know um, each other because exactly. uh, if it weren't for Tony. 
So God exactly. bless him and may he live to be well over a hundred and healthy yeah. and strong and keep doing this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I want to be cognizant of time for all my listeners and of course yourself, Diana. Yes. Thank you all for listening. I actually thought that we're going to get through this call without any interruptions, but there's still a little bit here and there. And I'm literally doing this on the fly. I, I'm not great at podcasting. I'm, I don't have a studio or anything like that, but the one thing I do have is the connection to this community and the stories that these people have to share. They're amazing stories. They have amazing purposes. And I'm hoping that you can get something out of this, meaning a learning, a tip, a tool or something that changes your life. That is the hope. That's my goal, because as we shared in this podcast, it's all about giving. And this is one of my ways that I can give back. Well, thank you. You're doing a beautiful job. Keep it up. Well, thank you. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. And I can't wait to see you in a couple of days. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Ellen. You have a wonderful, wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.